have your Bibles this morning, turn into the book of Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Luke chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. Um, greetings to those who are joining us by uh, Facebook Live. We're glad to have you joining in this morning as we continue our series on an advent of adoration that we uh, take this season of Christmas and really adore Jesus, come to fall in love more with Jesus. Talked about his hope last week, it's a good reason to adore Jesus, and tonight, uh, this morning we're going to talk about his peace. What a great reason to bow in adoration before our Savior that he came to give us of his peace. And so look, if you will, in Luke chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, and uh, we'll read a very familiar Christmas passage together. Look at that passage. The Bible says, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Well, peace on earth at Christmas time, great prescription, right? Not always what we have though, is it? <laughs> so that's why I titled the message Christmas Panic or Christmas Peace, because Christmas can really be either one if we're not careful. I was listening to Rick Warren tell, talk about a time in his life when he was struggling with peace a little bit. He said he had to stay up all night one night uh, to get something done for the next day, had a deadline going on, so he stayed up all night. So that makes you, what, real bleary-eyed, you're tired, uh, you're exhausted, and so he decided to go into the uh, kitchen and make himself a smoothie, found everything he could find to pile into it, try to give him some energy and caffeine and all that kind of stuff, and um, put it all in the blender, hit the blender, and of course he forgot to put the top on. <laughs> so you've been up all night and stuff goes everywhere. So he has to change clothes and um, clean up the kitchen, all that kind of stuff. And he had to drive into Los Angeles. And he said the traffic was absolutely horrendous that day to drive into Los Angeles. And so he's stuck in traffic, sitting there. He looks at his rearview mirror and here comes someone. He can tell they're texting and driving on their phone. And he thinks, they're going to hit me, they're going to hit me, they're going to hit me. They hit me. <laughs> and so they rear-ended him, uh, he gets out, talks to people. He was kind of shook up a little bit, so they called the NTs to come get him. And so he decided to sit back in the car to um, wait on the police and, and, and EMTs and all that kind of stuff. So he turned on the talk radio. He's a real popular preacher, and they talk a lot about him. Of course, anytime you're well-known, you draw all kinds of, of applause and criticism. So he turned on talk radio, and he said one of the first things he heard was a caller to this radio station and it said, I wish Rick Warren was dead. <laughs> so Rick said, there I was. I was overextended, rear-ended, and offended. <laughs> you ever have a day kind of like that? <laughs> Just where you feel like, man, I want to have peace, but there's a lot of panic going on. There's a lot of stress going on, a lot of, a lot of junk coming my way, and I'm searching for that peace. And sometimes it can be pretty hard to find. And the good news at Christmas is that God wants you to have, there are several hundred, everybody say several hundred, several hundred verses on peace in the Bible. God wouldn't have given us all that if he didn't want us to have a peace. God is a God of peace. Aren't you glad of that? Aren't you glad he's a God of peace? If God is inherently peaceful, which he is, then to appreciate God is to live in his peace. Now, peace is not an absence of conflict. I would love to get to that place, wouldn't you? It's no conflict, nothing bothers you, nobody ever disagrees with you, everything goes your way. That is called heaven, <laughs> and we're not there yet. And so peace is not an absence of conflict. Peace is a surrender to the will of God in the midst of the conflict. Peace is a sincere desire to obey God and please God in the midst of the conflict, and thereby peace really is 
experiencing the presence of God in the conflicts. There's some conflicts that we just can't make go away. We can't do away with them. They're going to be here. And so God offers peace in our world where we often experience anxiety and we often experience fear. And we often experience the what ifs and we often experience being overwhelmed and we often experience an unsettledness. And uh, it can be especially true at Christmas time, right? Because you, sometimes you got loved ones you miss, and sometimes you got family coming in, and crazy Uncle Eddie's going to show up, and you're praying this year he won't be crazy Uncle Eddie, but crazy Uncle Eddie's crazy every day of the year, so there's no use in thinking he's going to be any different on Christmas Day. And you want this thing to kind of go perfect, so you're trying to get everything to, to make sure it's going to go perfect, and it ain't going to go perfect, <laughs> right? You just don't know how, you don't know who's going to get sick, who's going to get mad, what present gets lost, what thing gets lost in the mail, and all of that. So, so we want to know, want to believe, want to appreciate that God offers peace and not panic during the Christmas season. And the key, y'all, the key to all this that we'll look at today is our faith in Christ. It's Trusting God, trusting God enough to obey Him and then leaving the results with Him. A 2018 study by the American Psychiatric Association revealed that, this is 2018, that 51% of Americans described themselves as anxious. It was the first time in history that a majority described themselves as anxious. Well, we need peace, don't we? Now, if I was to walk around with you in the last month or so, or you to walk around with me in the last month or so, we could probably point out, say, boy, you could use a little peace right there, couldn't you? You could use a little peace. And that situation, that discussion, that uh, relationship, things like that. And what I want you to see this morning is anxiety, fear, and all that kind of stuff, they're really at odds with faith. And you can have faith in the midst of it, but you have to choose it. You see, faith and fear have some things in common beside the letter F. <laughs> they have the letter F in common. But they both, they both have something in common. What do they have in common? They both believe in a future that hasn't happened yet. Fear believes in a negative future. Fear believes in a future that's going to go wrong and it's going to be too much and you're not going to like it. Faith believes in a positive future. Fa a better way to say that, faith believes in a future that God is going to walk with you through. That God's going to be with you through. That God's going to fulfill His promises through. That His presence is going to be with you. And so anytime you think about the anxiety and the fear as opposed to peace, just realize you're projecting something into the future. What are you projecting? Are you projecting fear or are you projecting faith? Now, obviously, uh, there are some enemies to our peace, right? The biggest enemies to our peace are Satan, right? ourselves, the world we live in. I mean, think about it for a minute. If there wasn't something at war with your peace, why would you ever choose to have an anxious thought? You ever think about that? I mean, why have an anxious thought? Well, because there are enemies against your peace. There are enemies that come against that. Your own worries, of course, is part of that. As I said, Satan is a big part of that. And understand that a lot of times when you're not experiencing peace, instead of just being frustrated, instead of just being anxious, instead of just saying, I wish you wouldn't go this way, you might ask yourself, why am I experiencing this thought? Where's this coming from? And, and am I being disobedient? That may be possible. Is Satan attacking me here? 
am I just in a really hard place that I need someone to help me with this? I need someone to pray with me. I need someone to want to walk alongside me with this. It's not just say a quick prayer and just say, oh, I'm just going to trust God and it goes away. You have to ask yourself, why am I thinking this thought? Where is this thought coming from? So you can know what to do with it. Well, there was some real cause for anxiety that first Christmas morning, wasn't it? Mary's pregnant. She's engaged to Joseph. Uh, she's a virgin. Uh, boy, that's going to be a hard thing to explain, right? There's going to be hard, I mean, it's going to be some anxiety in Mary's heart. Uh, some real struggles in Joseph's heart, Joseph's parents' heart, Mary's parents' heart. This is a recipe for anxiety. Even Herod the king is going to get caught up in it. When he hears there's a new king born, he's going to be troubled and lose his peace, threatened by an infant. So let's talk about it. How can we hear? Look at three helps for us to have peace. We're going to have peace at Christmas or any other time. And we need to see at least three real keys. First of all, we need to notice the person of peace. The person of peace. See, peace is a person. Now, I've read books about peace, and they've helped me. I've read about relaxation techniques, deep breathing and laughter and talking things out with friends, and those are helpful. Some of those things are really, really good. But peace, real, true, lasting peace is not found in a book. It's not even found in a sermon. Um, I wish it was because I'd go listen to it, <laughs> right? And then I'd preach it to you and you'd have it. Uh, but real peace is found in a person. And, of course, we know it's the person of Jesus Christ. Let's look at why Jesus gives us peace. First of all, because of who he is. The Bible said, we just read it a few minutes ago, the Bible says he's the prince of peace. That means he's the expert in peace. Now think about it. If you wanted advice on something, you'd go to the expert, wouldn't you? If you wanted advice on electricity, you'd probably go to Jack Sansom or Bill Bowles, right? If you wanted advice on farming, probably go to Joey Holt, Tommy Thompson, or Glenn Walters. If you want advice on Disneyland, go to Lori Sansom or Carrie Four, right? If you want advice on, uh, on physical fitness, running, that kind of thing, might want to look outside the church. <laughs> Just kidding, y'all, just kidding, that kind of thing. See, Jesus is the expert on peace, okay? He's the expert, so we turn to him. Now, let me ask you just an honest question. Are we truly turning to him for our peace? Or are we binge-watching? Or are we turning to spending money? Or are we turning to, to, to a hobby? Are we turning to work? Are we turning to something else? And only... Only I can answer that for me, and only you can answer that for you. But I know for me, it's really, really easy to say, I'm trusting God for my peace when I'm looking to Laura for my peace. I want her to be happy and peaceful, and that way make me happy and peaceful. I'm looking to my kids, if they will do well in school, and they are doing well in school, if they'll do well, and, 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 and if I knew that their future was going to be good, you know, if I knew their future was going to be good, then I'd have peace. That, I, can't, I can't have peace that way. Uh, look to the economy. Well, forget that, right? Look to politics. Hopefully, you've learned better than that by now, right? And so, are we honestly turning to Christ and saying, Lord Jesus, I'm looking to you, and I'll do whatever you say to experience you, to experience you in my heart, to experience your peace in my life? Look at John 16, I told you I might mention this last week. Jesus said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So I want you to look at that. So 
In me, in Christ, we have what? Say it out loud, real loud. Okay, that wasn't real loud, so let's try it one more time. In me, in Christ, you have what? Peace. Yeah, peace, all right? In the world, you have what? Trouble. Trouble, okay? That's telling us something, right? As we trust in, walk with, have our everyday experience with Jesus, looking and trusting to him to guide us and direct us and, and to bring what we need into our lives, we can have peace. Outside of that, we're going to have trouble. I mentioned to you last week, that word overcome is the word Nikeo. We get our word Nike. Jesus has Nike'd the world, okay? He's defeated. The word, the word Nike means victory. He has victory. He's overcome. He's beaten the world. He's got victory over the world. That's why we can have peace, and that's a great reason to adore him. He's defeated the world by what? Taking our sin. See, our sin's what disturbs our peace a lot. Jesus died with your sin and my sin. He also died and gave, gave us the Holy Spirit. He died and gave us a pro, his precious promises that, that he's with us and he's for us and he's in us and we'll spend eternity with him. And then look at Romans 8, 35 to 37. Look at those verses. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? For your sake, as it is written, we, are, we face death all day long. Now, now, listen to that. Those are threats to your peace, right? I mean, you think about trouble. That threatens my peace. Hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword, all of that threatens our peace. And look at verse 37. Knowing all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. You know what that word conqueror is? Super Nike. <laughs> it's literally one long word that means super Nike. In other words, what he's saying is, I have given you everything you need in Christ to overcome the threats of the world to your peace. That doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect tomorrow, but it does mean that you have something worth fighting for with spiritual weapons, worth fighting for in prayer and faith to get to Jesus, to get to the heart of Jesus and experience his peace. So we look to Jesus because of who he is, but also because of what he has, what he wants. He wants us to have his peace. Think about this for a minute. All the Christmas decorations, and boy, the, um, the social committee's done just a great job. And this sanctuary is beautiful this year. Just done a great job of decorating and all of this. We appreciate them so much. But you know what? The reason we have Christmas is because you and I are a mess. If we were not such a mess, there would be no need for Christmas. Why would Jesus leave heaven to come down here if we didn't need him really, really bad? If we didn't have such a hard time having peace with God, with each other, within our own hearts, why would Jesus come and give his life for us? Think about it, guys. Jesus is offering what he wants you to have is his peace, and in him you can have it. I read a poem this last week. It's not a Christian poet. It's a secular poet. And I just thought about it because I heard on a podcast this guy was talking about this poem that meant so much to him. And I read it. Listen to what he says. And this is what the poet says. And did you get what you wanted from this life? I did. What did he want from this life? To call myself beloved. To feel myself beloved on the earth. I don't know about you, but calling myself beloved, that really doesn't do it for me. Give me a whole lot of peace. Look at Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and, everybody say beloved real loud. Beloved. 
put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long sleep. You are the beloved of God as a Christian. Isn't that a great word? It's mentioned several times in Scripture. I had to look, try to pick out one. To, you have peace knowing you are the beloved of the Prince of Peace. Somebody say thank you, Lord. All right, turn to the second point. First of all, look at the person of peace. Secondly, look at the people of peace. As we look to Jesus, he is the person of peace, and God wants us to be the people of peace. Now, we all know about pandemics and outbreaks and things contagious and masks and all that kind of stuff over the last couple of years. Wouldn't it be great if we were carriers of peace? If we were spreaders of peace? That when we walk into a room or people walk into our church or people walk into your home or when you show up at work, that you bring a sense of peace with you. And the only way you can do it, you can't just, you can't just try to present peace. You have to actually be at peace with God. Actually, it has to be reality. You can't give away what you don't have. And so you, you, you look to Christ, you look to experience his peace, and you look to share that. Man, what about an outbreak of peace? Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called the children of God. We should want that for our family. We should want that for our homes. We should want that for the people around us. I, I saw Patrick Mahomes. He's one of the quarterbacks in the NFL. And they were asking him which, um, which position talks trash the most on the NFL field. And uh, he said defensive backs, obviously. He said defensive backs are, are, are the biggest one. He said, now, I don't talk trash. He said, when the defensive linemen rush me, these 320-pound guys rush me, he said, I always pat them on the back and say, good job, good job. You're doing really, that's a great rush, man. Great hit, great hit. He said, the last thing I want is to make a 350-pound man who's trying to knock me down mad. <laughs> I see people at the doctor's offices that get all ugly with the doctors and nurses and stuff, and I think, they've got the medicine I want. I don't want them mad at me. <laughs> They're going to hit me with a needle here in a minute, probably. I, I want that to be as helpful and nice and as courteous as I possibly can. And listen, guys, I mentioned a minute ago, what does it take to have peace? It takes faith. It takes faith. So here's your weekly growth suggestion. Live as a spreader of peace. Endeavor this week that you're going to have peace in your heart. You're going to experience the peace of Christ, and you're going to try to share that. We're going to talk about some ways to do that. So what does it take? What does that take? First of all, as I said a minute ago, it takes faith. Remember the quote at the beginning. What do fear and faith have in common? They both project into the future. Faith says God's going to be enough. Faith doesn't say, I'm not going to have trouble. Faith doesn't say, I'm not going to get sick. Faith doesn't say, something bad is not going to happen to my kids or my job. Faith says, God's going to be enough for it. And God's going to walk me through it. And God's going to work it for my good and his glory. And God's going to become my better friend. He's my best friend. He's going to become a better friend through this situation. Look at Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you, what? Trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we have to say, am I trusting God in a way that it causes me to experience his peace right now? Really? As I walked through my week last week, and those times when I was threatened with panic instead of peace, those times I got overwhelmed, did I truly turn to God and look to him or 
did I just lash out? Did I get frustrated? Did I complain? And all those things are normal and, and, you know, but are we turning to God in this? So we have to remember God is enough. So we turn to God in faith. And secondly, we turn to ourselves in faithfulness. We turn to God in faithfulness. You see, peace, watch this, is a byproduct of obedience. Peace is really a byproduct of obedience. You can't really have peace if you're afraid you're going to get caught with what's on your phone or what's on your computer or cheating on the test or what you said last week and you're afraid that somebody may have heard it. You see, peace is a byproduct of obedience. And the quicker we confess our sins to God, the quicker we confess our sins to each other, the quicker the peace returns to us. I read a poem this week, and this is not true of any of you, but I thought it was trying to make a point here. And so here, did you heard of the, uh, the night before Christmas? Okay, so play on that. It's not the night, but listen to this. Twas the fight before Christmas. And all through the house, not a creature was peaceful, not even my spouse. The bills were strung out on, on our table with dread in hopes that our checkbook would not be in the red. The children were fussed and throwing a fit when Billy came screaming and cried, I've been bit. And Mama with her skillet and I with the remote, she said, you change one more channel, I'll grab you in the throat. <laughs> when on the TV there arose such a clatter, I sat up on the couch to see what was the matter when what to my wondering eyes should appear, the cable was out. It was my worst fear. The Cowboys, the Celtics, the Raiders, the Knicks, without the sports channel, I'd soon need a fix. And then, in the midst of my grievous sorrow, I remember the times I had promised tomorrow. Not now, my children, but at some, at some soon time, Dad will play with you and things will be fine. Now, under conviction, I looked at my wife. Where was my kindness? Why all the strife? My heart quickly softened. I now saw my tasks. Some love and attention was what they had asked. I gathered my family and called them by name and told them with God's help I'd not be the same. We'll keep Christ in Christmas and honor his plan. No more fights before Christmas. On that we will stand. My children's eyes twinkled. They squealed with delight. My wife gladly nodded. She knew I was right. It was the fight before Christmas, but God's love had come through. And just like he does, he makes all things new. It's being faithful to what God's called us to be. And last of all, we've talked about the person and the the, um people of peace. Last of all, the practices of peace. Isn't peace a great thing to adore God for? A great reason to bow and say, oh, come let us adore him. The practices of peace. Now, peace is about relationship with Jesus. So I'm not saying if you'll do these two or three things I'm going to mention, you'll have peace. I'm saying these practices will help us get in right relationship with Jesus. He's where the peace comes from. I cannot emphasize that enough. The practices help us connect with him. So let me talk about a couple of practices of get ready for peace. Look at 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. So then, dear friends, since you're looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Make every effort to be at peace with God. I heard a fellow say one time, said, confess your sins like you've been eating boiled crawfish and need to take your contacts out. <laughs> now, if you've never tried that, take it from my testimony. 
yeah, it's going to cause discomfort. <laughs> if you like a little burning in your mouth, it ain't nearly as fun in your eyeballs, <laughs> okay? And it is not easy to get that crawfish off your hands. I would not recommend doing your contacts out for several hours and 150 hand washings, all right? And so I'm not saying obsess, or, or, but I am saying be very real about your relationship with God. Be very real about having a right relationship with God. I heard one comedian say that she's glad that there's not a limit on the number of times you can join Weight Watchers. She says she's joined nine times and lost seven pounds. <laughs> and then she said with a southern drawl, it seems you actually have to do that stuff. <laughs> well, you actually have to connect with God to have his peace, right? <laughs> Two things. Number one is our thoughts. It's our thoughts. How do you have peace with anxious thoughts? How do you have peace with fearful thoughts? How do you have peace with thoughts that are anti-peace, with arguing with people in your mind. You're not going to have peace when you're having all these arguments in your mind with people. And as I said, you might want to just ask, why am I having an anxious thought? Why would I do this and help you see where it's coming from? Look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And what? If you put into practice thinking the kind of ways God wants you to think, the God of peace will be with you. It's a guy named Robert Murray McChaney. Uh, he was a pastor a couple of hundred years ago. Uh, he's, his books still sell world, worldwide. He only lived to be 29 years old. Just known for uh, being a godly man. Not known for being the best preacher, but a godly man. And he said, for every one look you take at yourself, take ten at Christ. And what's he saying? He's saying, you can't stop all the thoughts from coming into your mind. You can't stop anxious thoughts or wondering thoughts. But what he's saying is, as you notice these anxious thoughts, turn your attention to Jesus. As you notice you're getting stressed out and overwhelmed, turn your attention to Jesus. You can say, boy, I'm worried about this and I'm stressed about this. But boy, I'm so glad I've got a super Nike in Jesus. I'm so glad that this is not too much for Christ. I'm so glad that he overcame the world. See, you can turn that around. And as you see, because it's going to be a struggle the rest of our lives. But as we see him, the more we can turn those thoughts to him, the better off we're going to be. Isaiah 26.3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. That word means whose thoughts are fixed on God, who keeps turning their thoughts to God. Nobody can live with your thoughts about Jesus every second of the day. That's a continual turning your thoughts to Jesus. By the way, one man said, when you compare, you despair. Right? You start comparing yourself to somebody else, get your eyes off Christ, that's going to be despair. So, number one, our thoughts is first practice. The Bible says that the mind submitted to the Spirit is life and peace. The second one is your talk. It's hard to have peace when you're talking angrily, when you're talking fretfully, when you're talking divisively, or if you're not talking to Him. So I'm going to say we need to talk to Him and each other in peaceful ways. First of all, to Jesus. Look at Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says what? Don't be anxious about anything. Hardest command in the Bible. I don't know if it's the hardest command. Do not fear may be hardest command. Boy, it's up there, right? It's up there. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, here's what I want to share with you briefly. 
when you're overwhelmed and you're in a hard time and you're being threatened to panic, you need to pray and pray hard. It's not a time for superficial prayers. It's not a time for God bless me and my family with safety and peace and all that kind of stuff. There's sometimes when you got to get down on your knees and you got to go to it with the Lord. And you got to tell him your fears. You got to tell him your anxiousness. You got to tell him your disobedience. You got to tell him what all you're dealing with. And um, the old holiness people used to have this phrase called praying through. And uh, uh, what, what they mean was you pray till you feel like you've connected. <laughs> you feel like you've experienced the God. You feel like you're, you're getting somewhere with Jesus. Sometimes it's not just a, a little polite prayer. Sometimes it's get on your knees and crying out to God. For a right relationship, remember, peace is, in a, is, a, is a byproduct of obedience. Max Lucado tells the story of when his uh, 16-month-old grandson, Little Max, which he loves to talk about, Little Max, uh, was having his hair cut for the first time. And so they prepared him for it, and they um, got him all ready, and he said, you know, everyone was excited except for Little Max. <laughs> he was 16 months old, and he said it didn't matter to him that he got to sit in a miniature fire truck. And it didn't matter to him that he was promised a piece of candy if he would behave. Uh, he was undistracted by the cartoons on the TV that they had there for him. He was not having any of it. And so his um, grandmama tried to comfort him and he wouldn't have any of that. His daddy tried to comfort him, wouldn't have any of that. And Max said, Grandpa Max told him, said, little Max, one day you'll be glad you have hair to cut. <laughs> and that didn't matter at all. But he said his mama got down. Give him a hug and whisper it in his ear, something only he and his mama could hear. And it settled him down enough to get through it. And what I'm saying is press into Jesus close enough so you can hear his sweet, still voice. And he can get you through it. Another thing is talk about him. Talk about him. There's something about sharing Christ, something about talking about Jesus to each other that does bring peace. It was a basketball game um, Monday night at home at Pleasant Home. Uh, Michael Peake, uh, his son Christian, is one of Joel's close friends. They play basketball together. And uh, we were sitting together in the gym. And there was a couple people from Luverne sitting next to us. And um, so I know how these things go. I've been around sports a lot. And so I always try to say, hey, are y'all from Luverne? You know, with Luverne shirts. <laughs> are y'all from Luverne? Yeah, yeah, we're from Luverne. I said, well, man, you know, we're glad to have y'all. Hope you had a nice drive over, you know, that kind of thing. And, and just, do you have a, um, you know, do you have somebody relative playing on the, um, on, the, on, on the team? Yeah, yeah, my son's number 10. I said, hey, my son's number 10. How about that, you know? And um, so we started talking somehow. I can't remember exactly how. Um, I mentioned something about church, something about Jesus, something about prayer, Bible study, something like that, and uh, just trying to head things, <laughs> try to bring a little peace into the gym if I possibly can. And so um, during the game, sure enough, he was a holler. He liked to holler at the referee. And, you know, here, here's what he hollered. I'm not kidding you, man. Here's what he hollered at the referee. Hey, ref, you cheating. You need to go to Bible study tonight. <laughs> hey, ref, put your eye. You know you cheat. You need to go to church on Monday night. <laughs> And, he, and I don't know how he got this. I told him, I said, I said, Michael here can lead us in Bible study if we need it now sometime tonight before he started hollering all this. And, I, and Michael said, well, Barry can lead us too. And he said, hey, ref, I can't say what I really want to say because I got two preachers sitting beside me. <laughs> you just never know. <laughs> little Jesus talk may help out a little bit. Didn't have a lot, but who knows what it would have been. <laughs> 
Y'all know that Laura had a hard week this past week, and uh, she went to help clean out her dad's house. Emotional, it's really hard physical, trying to get all the furniture and books and stuff like that. It's hard emotionally. You know, it's her dad's stuff, and she's trying to get it mailed to who wants it. And uh, heavy, she had to pick up furniture and stuff. It's just extremely, extremely a hard week on her. She said it's one of the hardest weeks she remembers having in a long, long time. And so on Tuesday, she was coming home. She said, I cannot wait to get home. I just want to get home. Um, and she got to the airport on Tuesday morning, and her flight was delayed. And she was not going to be able to make the connection, connecting flight, and she was not going to be able to get home. And she called me up, and she was crying. So in the South, what we would describe her doing, we would call it squalling. <laughs> Y'all understand squalling? She wasn't crying. She's squalling, heaving, praying, crying. And I, you know, I'm so sorry, dear. I'm so sorry, dear. I'm so sorry, dear. And I heard her say, thank you so much. And I said, what happened? She said, a lady came by. And then most of y'all know Laura speaks a little Spanish. This lady came by and rubbed her arm in Spanish, said, Laura said it's hard to translate, but be calm. And she says, we would say calm down, but she said in Spanish, the phrase is much gentler than that. Be at peace. Kind of thing. She just rubbed her hand. Had a um, had a cart with luggage on it, and so she went toward the luggage claim. And so Laura sat there and and cried for a while longer, and she kind of got settled down a little bit. Eyes are all red, you know that kind of you know the post crying thing. And hour lady, hour later, the same lady came back by, dragging that luggage. I don't know why she went to the luggage cart to the baggage claim, and then an hour later she's coming back by, and she sit down. Or, she just stood up to Laura, and she starts speaking common words to her. And then she starts saying, my heavenly father. And it's obviously she's a Christian. And she says, my heavenly father has good things for you. And my heavenly father is going to take care of you. And my heavenly father is going to bless you. Just starts speaking all these things. And then the one that really got her, she said, my heavenly father is showing you his favor. Can you say amen to that? Yeah, God has a way, if we'll open our hearts to him, of bringing us peace when we most need it. Would you stand, please, with heads bowed and eyes closed? It was so sweet of the Lord to, as we've been preaching on God's favor and praying for God's favor, to allow her to say that. And then the lady has no way of knowing that Laura can speak Spanish. And Laura loves to help people in Spanish. And so it was just kind of a special gift wrap piece to her. And I'm praying that for you this Christmas season. That God would send to you. And you'll be in a place you could receive it. Just a gift wrap message of peace. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for those who've never been saved. That they would come to know you as their Prince of Peace. I pray for those, Lord, that are not at peace today because there's something wrong in their life and you've convicted them and they're wrestling with you about it and they're having a hard time with peace because they're not really surrendered that thing yet. I pray they would lay it down, God. Your peace is too precious to forfeit over sin. And Father, I pray for those who are following you and yet it's hard. It's a hard world. We get bombasted with news and social media and bad stories and hateful speech. We're just blasted with it. It's like everywhere we turn, Lord. I thank you that you have Nike'd the world <laughs> and that you have made us super Nikes. 
And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, Lisa plays softly.